Have you ever wondered why some people live long lives while others are cut short? I don't have the answer, but there is a hint among the women of Okinawa, Japan, who on average are expected to live close to 90 years. That's pretty impressive considering the average US life expectancy is dropping and currently is a little more than 76 years. Physical health habits certainly play a role in this, but there's also a widely held attitude among the women of Okinawa called shikaraganai that contributes to their well being, longevity, and happiness. Welcome to episode 120 of the Happiness Playbook. I'm your host, Larie Florence. Before we explore this concept known as shikaraganai, which means it cannot be helped, we need to have a team happiness huddle. How did you do with last week's pro tip from our guest, JD Shepherd? Did you think more about how you can focus on the processes that you have full control over in your life instead of obsessing over the product or outcomes that you aren't fully in control of? If you did, I want to hear about it. Message me on Instagram at the Happiness Playbook or on Facebook at Play Theory. You can also email me directly if you want. At lareeflorence at gmail.com. I really hope that you're following along each week and taking on these challenges. We know we need to practice taking care of our physical health. We can take our mental health for granted, though. And in today's current culture, we can't afford to do that. Studies show, understandably, that depression among adults in the United States tripled during the pandemic. Jumping from 8.5% before the pandemic to staggering 27.8% in the years following. And it's not declining now that things are normalizing. New research from the Boston University School of Public Health reveals that the elevated rate of depression has persisted into 2021 and beyond and worsened, climbing to 32.8%. And affecting one in every three American adults. These numbers are terrifying, and we need to take action to offset this dramatic rise in these statistics. And a happiness practice is a powerful way to combat this growing trend. That's a huge motivation for me to keep at this podcast, to try to encourage you and motivate you to practice happiness. Thank you to all of you who are listening regularly and sharing this message. Greater happiness and joy can be cultivated, but it takes effort and intention. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we want to be a part of your happiness process. And if you can't get a puppy that snores while you're doing podcasts, practicing happiness with us is the next best step. Okay, let's dive into Shikata Ganai. Or another way to say it is Shio Ganai. I'm probably butchering this. Please send me the right pronunciation if you know it. But this Japanese phrase that the women of Okinawa live by means it cannot be helped. The root of it really means letting go. Does that sound familiar? It also means accepting what you cannot change and doing your best to let it go, like water off a duck's back. This idea. Invites us to take a step back from the drama that's created by our disappointments and remind ourselves that sometime in the future, maybe near 
were definitely in the far distance. Whatever it was that you were disappointed in, it won't matter. Of course, that's easier said than done. When you're in the thick of a frustration, something that's out of your control, a relationship you want but the other party isn't interested, a role you had hoped for but didn't get, or for thousands of us in the United States lately, dealing with a canceled flight, it won't serve us to stay focused on what went wrong. We're better served when we let go and accept what is the current reality. Your flight's been canceled? Okay, let it go. Accept that and make dinner plans with your friends you were visiting in town. You got a role that you didn't want instead of the one you dreamed of in the next show? Accept it and in play theory terms, get busy building into it what only you can bring to make it memorable. Some call it fate, but this ability to accept what is is a powerful step towards peace of mind and contentment, both essential ingredients in the recipe for happiness. Disappointment will happen. Some are worse than others. Some are bigger and harder to manage. And we may need additional support like grief counseling. We can all be better at sympathizing with others who are dealing with a big loss. Notice sympathy and empathy are different. One means you feel sorry for the other person, and the other word means you feel sorry with them. And unless you've experienced a similar loss, you can't empathize with someone else. I can feel sympathy for someone who's become paralyzed or blinded, but I can't empathize with them about their specific loss of mobility or loss of sight. I can feel empathy that they're hurting, though, because I've hurt. And this can help me give others who are struggling with disappointment grace. I can remember that when we're in the middle of a disappointment, it can feel overwhelming, like we're surrounded by a vast forest of endless trees, and that's all we can see everywhere we look, tree after tree. But if we can change our perspective by maybe climbing to the top of a tree or up onto a hill so that we can see that there is an end to the forest, then we'll be able to see that there's more to our life experience than our present suffering, and this too shall pass. And with this awareness comes hope. We'll move past this. Present disappointments don't have to define us. We're a composite of life's experiences, and with a little more time and some curiosity, we'll see that there was opportunity for growth in this disappointment. Have you ever experienced a disappointment only to later realize that it was for the best? My oldest daughter was a founding member of the band Imagine Dragons. She and her friend Dan Reynolds and others formed the band while they were attending university. They won a couple of contests and they were having success there on the college scene. And then there was a falling out amongst the band members. Dan Reynolds wanted to drop out of school and move to Vegas and pursue the band full-time. My daughter Aurora wasn't interested in dropping out of college at that time, and she decided to let it go. It was disappointing for her when she saw the band climb to superstardom a few years later without her. But she has to remember that if she had 
left school at that time, she would not now be married to the love of her life. Sure, it still hurts to consider the possibilities every time that she hears the song On Top of the World while shopping in Target, but instead, our family chooses to focus on her three beautiful children, her amazing husband with whom she shares a career in acting and film development. As it happens, there are often numerous iterations of a band before it hits the big time, and Dan Reynolds is the only founding member of the band still in place by the time they made it big. Another of the founding members, Dave, who was the bass guitarist, threw in the towel and went back to his accounting career just before the band got their big break. After he quit the band, one night when the others in his accounting office were complaining about having to work late to finish up a project, Dave quelled their disappointments when he mentioned that it could be worse that instead of working late, they could be having to stay and work late and be missing out on the opportunity of performing with your former band that same night on Jay Leno. After hearing that, the others quit complaining, at least in front of Dave. And for Aurora, my daughter, she can celebrate that at least she had pulled out the band before the years of late night shows at local Vegas bars and clubs with small but growing audiences that Dave had endured for years before missing out on the band's success. For myself, I had an experience where I had worked years to develop a successful preschool and I was the breadwinner in my marriage with my husband while he was developing a full-time real estate career built on commissions. The year was 1989, and we welcomed our first child, my daughter Aurora, who I was talking about. Unfortunately, just two weeks after her birth, the Loma Prieta earthquake struck. We were living in the Bay Area at the time, and there was limited loss of life, but there was a lot of structural damage. And one of the buildings that was did not handle the earthquake well was the preschool Unfortunately, the building was condemned, and because we were renting, we didn't have the capital to relocate, and I lost that business. It was very disappointing, and I was devastated at the time, but I was also dealing with a brand new little baby, and it was too much to try to rebuild and to pivot at that point, and I ended up walking away from that business and focusing on being a full-time care provider for my daughter. And guess what? That was the best thing that could have happened. So despite the disappointment in the moment or those days or weeks uh, when I was first experiencing that loss, in the end, I came to recognize that I truly valued being at home with my children. And unlike the original belief that I wanted to be a full-time career person that had given me Um, This had given me the opportunity to be at home with my children and experience that. And I don't think I would have chosen that if it hadn't been forced upon me in that way. So despite that disappointment, it ended up being something that I count as a great blessing. But it took some time and perspective and a glance in the rearview mirror to recognize that. I had to let go and accept the loss. We have other phrases that sum up this idea of 
Sikata Ganai. One is roll with the punches. Shake it off. And the musically now infamous let it go. Then there's adapt or die. That one's kind of harsh. I like adapt and you'll progress. That's better, but it's just not as catchy. I like the idea of adapting your proverbial sails to harness whatever wind is blowing. There's truth, though, in this idea of adapt or die. Remember the dinosaurs? They were pretty big and strong. They were the biggest, toughest guys on the planet. But they didn't adapt, and now they're dead. Adapt or die. Think on that the next time you're struggling to flex your adaptability muscle. It's worth the struggle. Being able to let go, move on, and build on a situation is powerful and important. Anytime that we're working on new skills, we have to be able to do this if we want to improve. For me, it's tempting to try to avoid the disappointment of losing a pickleball match by avoiding playing with others who are better than me. But that would curtail my growth. And life wants us to grow emotionally. So don't be surprised when life keeps pairing us up with more competitive players so we can grow. Because we need to grow, life is going to keep giving us experiences that we can't control. Maybe it's a tough boss, a crying younger sibling, or in my case currently, an untrained puppy. It may be a better pickleball player on the other side of the net. When this happens, Focusing on what is out of our control is only going to increase our frustration. This morning, I was playing pickleball with my husband with someone who was a very skilled lobber, which is something I don't encounter a lot. They hit the ball high above your head, and it forces you to go to the back line. Well, this threw us off, and I noticed that my husband and I began to focus on this guy on the other side of the net and his lobs instead of focusing on the parts of the game that we do well and what we can bring. And guess what? We ended up not playing as well as we usually do. And it wasn't just because of the lobs. So it's important for us to stick with or have our focus beyond those things that are within our control and to let go of the things that we can't. So the next time something doesn't go your way, remember to practice this principle of shikata ganai. Take a deep breath. Relax your rigid mindset and muscles. Let go of what the frustration is or what you can't handle or what the disappointment is and accept what is. Then build a better way on that. Here are seven specific ways that you can practice this principle from the book Kintsugi Wellness, The Japanese Art of Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit by Candice Kumai. And I'll put a link to this on our play notes on playtheory.org. First thing she mentions is breathe deeply. And especially if you're trying to calm down through the nose, this will help you feel grounded. If you want more specific tips, then you can revisit episode 118 of the Happiness Playbook where we focused specifically on breathing. The second thing we can do is to stop comparing Comparing our life to the lives of others is always self-defeating. There will always be someone better and someone worse. And we don't know the details of another situation, so it really is a pointless exercise. 
We have no control over their lives. We can only control our choices and actions. So keep your focus there. The third step we can take, she calls it tend to your own garden. And I really like this one because I like that idea of focus on what's within your control. But she also ties it into staying in touch with your place in the natural world. So if you think about a seedling or a plant that you're trying to nourish, you're going to consider its best interests. Some plants need more water or more sunlight. Some might need fertilizer, or maybe you need to get the plant out of the wind. So consider what those needs are that you have and try to meet those and be patient with the process of your own personal growth. The fourth thing she talks about is Find your healing object. So if you think about Tarzan, when he's swinging through the jungle, he would take a vine, swing, and then he would reach out and let go of that vine. And what? He grabbed another vine. He didn't just fall to the jungle ground or the jungle floor. So I think sometimes we try to let go of something that's hurtful, disappointing, or unwanted, but we don't reach out and take a new thing into our, into our world or our practice. So an example of this might be an affirmation. So if you're trying to let go of negative thoughts or a disappointment that's, that's really been hard to deal with, try to find something that's a positive to replace that instead. So another example might be, uh, like I have a couple of necklaces. One that says the word trust. And I can put that on on the day that I'm struggling to feel more confidence uh, or more trusting in, in my efforts that they're going to bear fruits. And it just helps me remember that. I have another little necklace that has a smiley face on it because it helps me remember to practice happiness. So figure out what that is. What do you need? What's your, uh, your proactive step to, that helps you heal that can replace the negative thing or the disappointment? Maybe it's a hot bath or a warm cup of tea in the evening. All right, number five, change your perspective. We talked before about being in the middle of the forest and only seeing trees. But if you can move past that so that you can see how you know the, the forest is a limited thing, there are other opportunities, then you're going to have a different experience and have a different feeling about your present situation. You might even feel grateful for your time in the forest because you're going to have the perspective that as you keep moving through it, you'll eventually leave it behind and spend your time somewhere else. So change your perspective. And we can do that through learning about other people, other cultures, others' experiences, and just stepping out of our comfort zone, doing something that's different. Uh, Something you can do is go hiking or forest bathing. This is really big in Japan. And sorry about the snoring dog. Um, It's been proven that time in nature, especially in the forest, helps alleviate our negative feelings and helps us build positive, positive feelings by increasing the chemicals that help us feel those things. So, you know, if you're having a devastating day, you got some bad news, take a moment, go out on a walk, Spend some time in nature and see if that helps. The last suggestion 
Number seven is to spend time with friends who value you and support you. And we talked about this in a previous episode about how that's one of the things that researchers have found that have led to longevity. And we need that support group. Uh, We need people that are encouraging and that just understand when we're struggling. And in our world today, it's nice that that can happen over FaceTime or a text. But if you can, take the time to be with those people that will help you feel greater peace and joy. So if you want to go deeper into this idea, check out the whole book, Kintsugi Wellness, The Japanese Art of Nourishing Mind, Body, and Spirit by Candice Kumai. So I personally love this idea of Shikata Ganai. It perfectly straddles the two playthrough principles of let go and play and accept and build. We teach these principles separately because we're trying to comprehend them and, and learn them and incorporate them into our happiness practice. But as with all four of the playthrough principles, they really do overlay and run through each other. Trying to separate them out is a bit like trying to separate the ingredients in a cookie recipe. You can put them in one at a time, but once you mix them up and put them in the oven, they're all blended together in the final product. You know they're in there, but it's hard to figure out where one starts and the other ends. And this idea of shikata ganai is a great way to further explore that idea. All right, for this week's play of the week, I want you to practice shikata ganai. And here's how you spell it so you can write it down somewhere to remind you. S-H-I-K-A-T-A. And then a new word, G-A, and then a new word, N-A-I. So write it down and put it on your mirror, or type it in as a reminder on your phone, somewhere where you'll see it regularly. And then remember, when you feel that frustration of having something not go your way, maybe it's a test, or even just missing the green light and having to wait a few minutes longer than you'd planned at the intersection. This idea of Shigata Kanai will help you to let it go and accept what is. This will allow you to be present where you're at instead of falling back into the land of regrets and what might have beens that only fuels denial and frustration, neither of which make a good foundation for building anything. And the longer we stay in the land of what might have been, the longer we prevent ourselves from moving forward. All right, that's it for this week. I think the puppy's gonna wake up soon, so I better call it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, on the app, please take an extra five seconds and scroll down past a few episodes till you see the five stars and then hit the fifth one. These ratings help us find new audience members and spread the message of the importance of a happiness practice, something that our current culture is not doing very well. And most importantly, keep practicing your happy. You wouldn't neglect your dental hygiene, So do yourself a solid and practice good mental hygiene too. Just like with brushing your teeth, we need to do it every day, regularly. Mental hygiene is the same. Happiness is not a one and done. Next week, we'll uncover another Japanese secret to living a long and happy life. Till then, remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. And that's why everyone needs a happiness practice. 
So keep it up.